0: We all know 2020 was quite the year, and it certainly did not turn out how many of us expected it to. I went into 2020 with the following goals. Reach 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. Reach 15,000 followers on Instagram. Reach 5,000 email list subscribers. Surpass $70,000 in gross sales with my business. And visit five new places. Now, while my travel goals totally tanked, I mean, whose didn't, I actually ended up blowing my business goals out of the water. Now, this is something that I kind of hold with a light grasp and I, I view with honestly really complex feelings because I know that not everyone had a year like me, especially when it comes to business. I saw so many amazing local businesses near me close because of the effects of the pandemic. And so I've always been a little bit hesitant to share about how much my business has grown, hence why it's now March and I'm just now recording a retrospective on 2020. But you know that I'm all about honesty. And so now that we're a solid year into this pandemic, I thought that I would share a little bit of a look back on my business and all of the major changes that it's made throughout the past year or so, or you know, throughout 2020. Because even though this past year has probably been one of the hardest for me personally, and I'm sure that's the case for probably many of you listening and for a lot of people, it was also the most successful year for me professionally. So I wanna share it with you. I wanna tell you the ins and outs, everything that happened and what changed, and kind of the biggest takeaways that I think I saw in the evolution of my business that are going to help with its continued growth moving forward. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Creator Club Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Steckley, YouTube creator and creative entrepreneur. The Creator Club Podcast is a workshop style show dedicated to teaching creators and entrepreneurs the best strategies for social media marketing and content creation. Whether you're into Instagram, creating on YouTube, trying TikTok or producing podcasts, this show is made for you. And because here at Creator Club, we believe in teaching everything you know, and the community is more important than competition, this club is open to everyone. Come and join us. All right. So to set the scene, I'm going to give you a little bit of background info on where my business was when I started off the year. So like in January of 2020, the very beginning of the year. At this point, no one had even heard of COVID-19 or knew what was going to happen. At this point, I had one team member, my main girl, Taylor. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, then you've heard me mention her before. Um, I literally could not do all of this without her. And and we've been working together since about the fall of 2019. So we were still working together early 2020. We had a few clients, but honestly, not a lot. Uh, We definitely had a few big clients that we were like very dependent on and were scared of losing, which spoiler alert, we eventually did, but it's all good. At this time, I was still personally doing a bunch of freelance videography gigs. Like I was filming promo videos for local businesses. Taylor and I would both do like real estate tour videos for local realtors. Pretty much we'd take on any sort of gig that was related to social media or video work that came up. Now, of course, a few months later, March of 2020, the pandemic started and obviously everyone started staying at home. And so of course, all of our in-person video gigs were canceled. We stopped filming houses and I had a few like corporate video gigs scheduled that never obviously came to fruition, which honestly it's okay. I feel like at the time, obviously it was a little bit scary because I was losing some of that revenue. But I think in retrospective, I realized I I mean, as shitty as it is, I will never try to like silver lining the pandemic. Like, let's be real. It would have been better to have just never happened. But for me personally, it was sort of the kick in the butt that I needed to move towards the location independence that I had always wanted. Like for a really long time, I've, I've just really wanted to be able to work from anywhere. I'm passionate about travel and I miss it so much. And, you know, especially through 2020, I became more and more excited about van life. And now I'm like actively pursuing that. So I always did want to have a job where I could sort of like work from anywhere, work from my laptop. And I knew being a freelance videographer was not super congruent with that, but I was still, you know, I was taking the gigs that I had to keep the business growing. So As much as it was a difficult thing to shift to being fully remote, in the long run, it's been a huge benefit to my business, which is now 100% remote. And I actually really love it that way because now I'm hoping that, you know, moving forward, someday when we'll be able to travel again, I can keep working even from different locations. So anyway, that's sort of what happened. That was the first immediate change when the pandemic started throughout 2020, my channel kept growing, especially at the beginning of 2020, actually. And I had more and more clients coming in that found me through my YouTube channel, through my podcast, Instagram, et cetera. And I found actually that, especially in May and like April of last year, for a lot of people, online communication had basically overnight become the only option for communication for their organization, for their community, whatever. So a lot of people started to realize that they needed to work on their social media presence for their business. And I think that either that or that combined with people's newfound free time, people who wanted to start a side hustle or creative side project, all of that factored into my clientele really starting to grow. I think people were becoming more interested and more serious about online media. And of course, that with my channel growing as well, just sort of led to us getting more client inquiries, which was really great. And it, it helped my business grow, obviously, a lot. I think one of the biggest takeaways from 2020, one of the things that I sort of learned and changed that really helped my business continue to grow and scale, and which is like completely essential for me moving forward is creating systems. This was actually a bit of a struggle for me at some points because as my client inquiries were starting to grow, I was still at a point where I was individually emailing with each and every single client, not with templates, not with any kind of checklist, just onboarding each new client in a totally unique way. And so every client had a slightly different experience, even if I was offering them the exact same services. And so if you're a service provider at all, or like have experience in this field, then you can understand that that's not exactly ideal. You want to be providing consistent services. And I'll say like the quality of what we were providing definitely was consistent, but you know, everybody was getting different emails and there was sort of a different timeline for each person, you know, which is fine, but it's not ideal when you're trying to do stuff at scale because it's can, it can be very easy to get disorganized and confused and miss deadlines and stuff if you don't have very specific sort of due dates in mind. Yeah, and with every single person, you know, with clients in a service-based business, there's a lot of information that needs to go back and forth in order to get everyone involved prepared and, and ready for the project that's gonna be done. So I would be exchanging so many emails going over what the client needed to provide, what I needed to provide, what the timeline would look like, et cetera, et cetera. Like for example, we offer Instagram content creation services and we do this on sort of a monthly cycle and I'd be bringing on people at different times and we didn't really have like a clear structure. And so throughout 2020, eventually we were able to establish a very clear timeline and very clear procedure that we would execute with each and every single client. And that has worked wonders for us being able to scale from having like one Instagram client to now having like six Instagram clients that we can work with at the same time that we're creating all their content for. And we're doing it on the same schedule and we're keeping everybody organized because we created these systems, which is so important. And I will say we're definitely still working on continuing to optimize these systems by creating templates, creating reminders for our clients. I think something that I'm continuing, to learn into early 2021 is the importance of over communicating. I always worry about like being annoying and contacting people too often, but I think reaching out frequently, making sure the information is provided that is needed. It's just a way to show that you care about your clients and want to make sure that you do the best job possible for them. So we're trying to lean into more over communication and just continue to build out those systems that help us stay consistent. So one of the things that I did to actually help me work towards this more systematic way of doing things is I actually hired Charlotte, who is a Dubsado consultant. So if you've never heard of Dubsado, it's a client relationship management tool, like a CRM. And basically what it does is it allows you to collect information on clients and store it in like a really organized way that's searchable, easy to access. You can create forms for your clients to fill out. You can even accept payments through it, schedule meetings. There's really, really a lot of capabilities with it, But the best part about it is that it allows for automation. So we can create automated workflows that take our clients in from telling them the information they need to know, requesting them to send us the information that we need, telling them the timeline. And it just allows us to kind of make sure that everybody is getting the same tailored experience that we would want all of our clients to have without us having to replicate it ourselves, which obviously, you know, human error is going to come into it and stuff like that. So workflows really help us stay consistent. Um, if you're interested in this kind of thing, I'm going to leave Charlotte's Instagram link in the show notes so you can go check her out. Tell her that I sent you because she seriously helped me a lot. I did a couple sessions with her getting everything set up and it was just a huge help with figuring out the platform. And now it's just really worked wonders because I went from having to communicate individually with each and every client inquiry to to now having basically like a little inbox of all of my new client applications. So I just receive notifications each day. I actually have my team member Shelby go through them and do the sort of admin around that. And there's always a nice little stream of new leads showing up almost every day. And it's just so much less hectic than dealing with a ton of people in my inbox. We can keep it all organized and make sure that we have everybody's history and everybody's background all in one place so we can provide the best experience. So creating systems, through Dubsado, even just with our services kind of systematizing our services was huge in terms of being able to actually scale my business. And I think that that's something that I kind of dipped my toe in the waters with in 2020. And it's something that I want to dive into more in 2021 and just continue to implement, making things more consistent, more systematic, just so then we can all feel confident, both my team and our clients, that nothing's being forgotten because we have it all taken care of. The next thing that really changed in 2020 for me was growing my team. So like I mentioned before, when I started 2020, it was just me and one team member, Taylor. And now we are a team of seven, including myself. And each member has a differing number of hours they work. Not everybody is full time, but I appreciate every single one of them and the hard work that everybody puts in which is ultimately allowing me to grow my business. I really, really believe the, you know, people talk about business investments and I watch videos on YouTube where people talk about their best purchases and people talk about their laptops and cameras. And I really believe that the money, the best money I've spent on my business has been investing in getting um people to help and growing my team. So like I said, I started the year with Taylor. And then since then we've brought onto the team, my cousin Jordan, actually. So she was our, our first hire after Taylor and I had been working together for a while. We brought her on at the beginning of the summer to help us out part-time. She's also a student studying, you know, media and film and that kind of thing. And then actually it was quite a while before we really expanded the team past just the three of us. It was the fall when we hired Kitsune, Lauren, Shelby, and Gabriel all a few weeks of each other. Um, it really happened fast, but I feel like there was quite a few weeks and maybe even months there where Taylor and I were really just like completely overwhelmed every single week, working overtime to try to get everything done because the client list kept growing and we didn't have more hours in the week. So we kind of fit more hours in the weekend and it wasn't good. We were both definitely riding towards burnout. So it was really good for us to be able to hire some new folks at that time to take on roles like content creation. Assistant podcasts, editing, graphic design, which have been a huge, huge asset to our team. So I'm so happy to have all of them now. Like I was saying, I really do consider my team to be the best investment that I've made in my business. I absolutely could not do this work without all of the amazing people that I work with. And I'm so happy that I was able to grow to this point in 2020. It's always been a goal of mine to be able to grow a team. It's like I've talked about before, I am a massive extrovert. And one of the biggest struggles for me as a freelancer and a solopreneur was just like working by myself all the time and not really having people I could check in with or collaborate with. And so I am just so happy that I've kind of gotten to a point where i have a team that i can depend on and i'm actually able to now start transitioning to focusing on more of just like the strategy and the creative and the visioning for the business because the day-to-day stuff is stuff that i'm now able to outsource to my team members and that's super super fulfilling and you know, as somebody who always kind of dreamed of being a full-time content creator, being like a a creative an artist type, I really appreciate that I've been able to hire folks that are great at, you know, working with clients and creating strategies and creating content and all that kind of stuff. So I'm able to lead the team, but not have to be in every single part of the business. I think a big part of starting to grow and scale is working less in your business and more so on your business. And so I'm excited to just continue to be able to do that because it also So, you know, it just feels good to know that like you aren't the only one that has to be depended on. And I think that's a huge freedom that I'm finding is like, there's no reason why somebody on my team can't do something that I'm doing. You know, I'm not that special. I'm not like <laughs> that amazing that I'm the only person that can do X or Y. Like I can find people to help me with these things. And I think that if you're a business owner embracing that, be really, really liberating. And also knowing that there's people that know how to do things probably better than you can even do them. And that's a huge asset that then you can bring on to provide for your clients and and for your business and Yeah. You don't have to feel like it's got to be all you forever. And that's something that I really started to learn in 2020. And I'm really excited to continue to lean into this year and to give myself a little bit more peace and a little bit more freedom. Because as I was saying, 2020 is probably one of the hardest years for me personally, as it was for a lot of people, just with like the isolation and the stress. And I think for me getting to a point where all these other parts of my life were stripped away, all these extracurriculars that I used to do that got canceled It felt like my identity was only wrapped up in my business because that's the only thing that I had left was work. And I think now I'm on a journey to be able to detach myself from that a little bit and know that I am more than just my work. And by outsourcing and getting the help that I need, I'm able to do that a little bit more and like try to work less hours and stuff. So yeah, growing my team was a huge part of my journey in 2020. And I feel really, really grateful for that. Another big part of 2020 was ups and downs on YouTube. I would like to say that my story on YouTube over the past year was an uphill climb to success all the way, you know, a roller coaster that only goes up. If any of you have read The Fault in Our Stars as a teenager like myself. But really throughout the whole year, the real story is a lot more complicated than that. I had a huge uptick in views on my YouTube channel in March of 2020, specifically on a number of videos that I made that were TikTok tutorials. And I think that that is probably not a huge surprise to anybody listening because around March, first of all, everybody started staying home and was bored and looking for stuff to do. So that is going to increase views on YouTube to begin with. But then also TikTok was taking up a ton of people's time a ton of people were starting to migrate over to the app and were looking for tutorials on how to do stuff. And so my tutorials were sitting there ready for them to watch. And so I had a ton of TikTok videos just absolutely blow up over that time. And they continue to be some of my top performing videos now, even a year later, which is pretty wild to think about. And that huge explosive growth probably lasted up till like May or June where I saw those constant green up arrows all the time. Like every time I logged into YouTube Studio, I was getting more views, more watch time hours, more subscribers. Subscribers. Then, once I sort of hit that peak in June, and then we started moving forward from there, I was still getting views on those TikTok tutorials, like I was saying, I still do now, but they kind of stopped pushing my channel growth as much as they had been. And, like, overall, my channel, my YouTube channel, has a lot of like these sort of big viral hits, like my Instagram story hacks and my TikTok tutorials. And between probably like five or six videos, that's like the majority of my channel views. Like, you know, I have like several million views across those videos, and that means that a lot of my subscribers have come from those really big hits that just really popped off in in search and the algorithm and stuff. And so that means that when I don't post like hacky or viral-worthy social media tutorials, I don't seem to get as many views. That would be very obvious to see if you look at my overall video library. And this is actually like a big insecurity for me if I'm real with you. And that really started to come forward in like the summer of 2020 because that's when those green arrows started to disappear. And I started to see a decrease in my views and a decrease in my watch time. And it wasn't that I was like not growing or not gaining subscribers. It just wasn't happening as quickly. And for anybody that spent any time on YouTube studio, you know how quickly that can make you feel like a failure to see those red arrows. And yeah, I just like continued to feel kind of insecure about the fact that I felt like everybody was subscribed to me just for the hacks, just for the Instagram tips, just for the TikTok tutorials, and they didn't want to see anything else. I really felt like, you know, that like dance monkey song where it's like, just give us the Instagram tips and shut up about everything else. Like that that's really how I felt about YouTube. And I do still struggle with that to a certain extent now. So I think if anything... My YouTube journey in 2020, like I I wish it was a story of like, oh, I just grew, I grew so much, but actually I think it's more so about me trying to learn not to care about the metrics quite as much and focus more on just making content that's valuable and also something that I love to make. I definitely had a few breakdowns throughout the year, which you may have seen my, for instance, my crying in public video, where I talked about how I suck at YouTube and how I just was feeling so shitty about the fact that I felt like everybody would watch my Instagram videos, but nobody wanted anything else. And I felt like I was really sort of stalling on takeoff. I felt like I was finally at a point where I was able to grow my channel, but then it wasn't really popping off like I wanted to. And I felt like I saw so many other people grow so much quicker. And I was like, What is it about the other people? Like these other girls just must have better personalities. Maybe they're prettier than me. Maybe they're whatever, more than me. And that's why I'm not doing so well. And I think it's just really easy to get in your head about it, especially when you see those red arrows. Like YouTube Studio can really mess with you when it comes to um, just comparing yourself to your past self or to other people. And I think, yeah, yeah. I don't know, there was a lot of struggles, a lot of long conversations um, with my partner Dan about it like many times, (laughs) many tears as well. And I think all this has kind of led to like my current take on YouTube and how I'm feeling about it right now. Right now I'm sort of embracing a new strategy, which I think is hopefully gonna be fruitful for me. Basically what this is called is kind of like the one for me, one for them, or one for me, one for the algorithm strategy. I actually originally, like I heard this from Sarah Dietschy. I don't know if any of you watch her on YouTube. She was a huge inspiration to me for a while, and, and she mostly does tech videos now, but I, I watched her a lot when she was doing like New York City vlogs. And basically this strategy is the idea of creating half of your content For the algorithm, like the kind of content that you know is going to pop off that you know is going to do well, it's going to be in that top five of your last 10 videos sort of ranking. And then the other half is just for your own creative fulfillment. And if the audience likes it, sure. And if they don't, whatever, but you're making it because you need to create something for you. I think a lot of us who get started on YouTube or other social media pursuits really relate to that because we get started creating because we love to create. And then when you feel like you get put in a box or you're sort of like just the Instagram tips monkey or whatever, it can be really frustrating and draining. So the approach that I'm taking right now, which is kind of an accumulation of what I learned in 2020, is that I'm going to be creating one video a week that is just meant to absolutely blow it out of the park in terms of the algorithm. We're talking Instagram growth tips, how I gained a thousand. Followers in a month, how I get this many views on my reels, etc., etc. The kind of stuff that I know y'all will click on. But I know if you're listening to the podcast, you're also like a real MVP, and you probably would watch my other videos too, which, bless your soul, I love you for that. Which my second video then, which is the for me video, is my Friday videos where it's gonna be lifestyle content. I'm gonna talk about minimalism, van life, personal finance, um, fashion, style, you know hopefully someday travel again soon, van life, maybe. That's the kind of stuff that I really love to watch and that I'm passionate about. And that's what I'm going to be posting on Friday. So I'm hoping that by sort of compartmentalizing this and saying, you know, Tuesday's videos are just going to absolutely smash it. Like, I don't care. I'm making this for the algorithm and I'm obviously going to provide value and like make it a good video. You have to, that's part of the algorithm thing. Like a video that's just a good thumbnail and title won't perform. It has to be a good video too. But one that's designed to be the kind of stuff that I know YouTube is asking me for. And then one video that's designed to be like the kind of stuff that I wish YouTube would ask me for. And I'm hoping that over time I'll eventually be able to transition my channel to where I can do more lifestyle videos and like have those ones actually perform well, you know, I don't know, maybe that would be really cool. If I could have a video that isn't about Instagram, you know, get more than like 10 views, that'd be sweet. But that's what I'm kind of trying to work towards. So basically that's what 2020 on YouTube taught me was that I'm going to need to diversify a little bit and it's going to be difficult. And I know that those videos aren't going to get views, but I have to accept that and just try to work towards being the kind of creator that I want to be nonetheless. Another big lesson and a big thing that I went through in 2020 was trying to figure out what my job should look like. So, as a business owner, it can sometimes be difficult to figure out what role you have, especially when you start hiring. And so, as I grew my team more, I was kind of faced with an identity crisis of like, what what do I contribute to this? Like how much should I hang on to? How much should I let go of? And I've realized over the course of the year that I really wanna be able to lean into the more creative side of my work, being a content creator, marketing the business, coming up with the ideas, doing the visioning work, and not necessarily doing the management of the clients or the admin work, you know, dealing with the deadlines, with the communication, all that stuff. I love the strategy and the content ideas going into working with my clients, but replying to logistical emails and setting up meetings really wasn't how I wanted to be spending my time. And so the lesson that I'm taking away from 2020 and trying to apply now this year is really just figuring out what parts of my business I actually need to have a hand in and what I can start to assign to others and let go of and delegate more, which really does go hand in hand with the growing of the team I was talking about earlier. But I think that at the beginning, my approach to growing my team was just kind of like, getting more hands to do the same work, like getting more people to help me so that I could do more Instagram work for more clients and basically like people just sort of picking up the pieces that I couldn't like hold like when it was too many. But I think now I'm kind of taking an approach to building a team where it's like, actually I think I need people to take over some of the stuff that I thought that I could just balance and do at the same time. But like I really actually don't want to be doing all the emails and I don't want to be doing all the admin and it's okay to outsource that. I think that's something that I learned over the past year because I really felt like before that I was like sort of failing if I couldn't do it by myself, but I think it's actually very very fair to delegate that and and find people to do that for you. And I don't know, I feel like I spent a lot of time in 2020 feeling guilt about wanting to have like a different role in my business or work on different stuff. And now I've kind of realized like I don't think that's something you have to be guilty about. I feel like If you build a business, then you kind of get to decide what your job is going to be. And that's sort of part of the beauty of it. And I'm just trying to lean into that a little bit more and not feel this like weird sense of guilt that I feel like only myself is actually putting on me. It's not like other people are, are feeling disappointed or whatever. It's just my own perception. So anyway, that was kind of a deep dive, but that's kind of how I'm feeling overall. Like I've talked about so much, my dream has always been to be a content creator and I want to be able to focus on that more and having an awesome team. That's going to help me continue to build this agency that we're working on and allow me to not focus so much on the day-to-day operations, but actually do that content creation work that I really love. I, I think that that is going to be a huge part of the year moving forward. So overall, there have been lots of ups and downs, but I really, really feel fortunate that for the most part, it has been a lot of going up and my business continues to grow and thrive even a year into this weird world that we're in. Um, I just feel really, really lucky and privileged to be able to earn a living doing a job that I really enjoy and with a team that I really love to work with. So that is a look back on my business and my experience over the past year. I really would never have seen my business growing the way that it did and things going the way that they did, but I feel very, very fortunate and I'm really excited to continue to see where the business goes in 2021. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the creator club podcast. If you listen to this entire episode, I want to know who you are. Send me a DM on Instagram at Katie Steckley so we can chat. Do you want to be part of the official creator club? You can join my insider squad Facebook group by going to katiesteckley.com club. I'd love to see you there. Finally, if you're looking for more value packed content like this, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Katie. Go to my channel and search Instagram Hacks, and I promise you won't be disappointed. If you want to hear more episodes like this and support this show to continue, please leave me a review in iTunes. It really helps me out, and you just might get featured on the next episode as the review of the week. Leave your IG handle in the review so I can give you a shout out. Again, thanks so much for listening, and as always, I hope you are having adventures and following your dreams, and I'll catch you next week, Creator Club.